Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Hello and welcome to podcast number 252. Uh, my name is Chris Tilley and this week I am joined by Daniel Kruper. Hey. And Gav Murphy. Hello. Welcome to podcast da- uh, Gav, a brand new <laughs> member of the team. I'm excited. Tell us about yourself in 10 seconds. I'm Welsh, I have a beard and I now work at IGN and I'm on this podcast. You're on lots of podcasts. Yeah, um, I do like podcasts. You, I like a you're, podcast. You're a podcasting veteran. You've got yeah. like podcasting chops. Yeah. <laughs> what, I mean, I, I what podcast are you on? Uh, I'm on a podcast called Regular Features, which is one I started with some friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used to appear on pretty much every game podcast that uh, Future Publishing did, because uh, I used to work for Future Publishing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoy guesting on podcasts uh, and just chatting shit well welcome to the team and <laughs> He's been welcome around. to the podcast um this week we have a bit of a halloween special we're gonna be talking horror um uh, talking about our perfect halloween night talk, put I've, some... I've got i've got some quick fire halloween questions the reader sent as well so i'm gonna be um, dropping them on you i'm not allowing you to prepare i'm gonna you've had authentic yeah. I'm a bit answers about that did they title it quick fire questions <laughs> yeah <laughs> but firstly, they, they know how it works they know we're not gonna actually plan anything so <laughs> they've sent it in cheers scott firstly we're gonna call uh, talk about something that you've called marvel megaton yeah, why do you call it marvel megaton because it, it has the impact of a nuclear explosion upon the website that is ign it did actually didn't yeah, it? it traffic did. wise yeah it's doing well the it website was... your website thanks for Personally, I'd like to thank Marvel and DC for both doing this, <laughs> ensuring that we'll all have jobs for the foreseeable future. That is good, yeah. yeah, cheers. They're, they're cheers, trading lads. blows, and uh, whoever wins, whoever loses, we win, basically. That's how it works, isn't <laughs> is it? Is that Transformers? Is that uh, the tagline for Transformers? No, Alien versus Predator. <laughs> is it? Whoever, lo- whoever yeah. wins, we lose, but whoever yeah. loses. I think we everyone win. in Transformers is a loser. Mm, not the people that are funding them and making the profits. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Um, so yeah, this was pretty big. Uh, it was a bit of a surprise actually. There was a Marvel event that happened in LA on Tuesday, and I was just I was looking back through the emails. We kind of thought it would be we re- show more f- we Avengers footage. We really yeah. underestimated what that was. Yeah, we thought because the trailer had leaked the week before. Yeah, and th- we thought they might have announced Doctor Strange because going into that event there was rumours of Benedict yeah. Cumberbatch being cast. Obviously, mm. we talk about this at length on this week's Superhero Show. Yeah, tune plug, into that. Plug. On, uh, Saturday, that'll be live on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so we thought it was just going to be quite a small scale announcement, but new. No. But new. It was massive. It was a megaton. So Kevin Feige came out on stage and announced the Phase Three. I thought that was the stage. announcement then. Yeah. He just came out on stage. So <laughs> what that basically amounts to is uh, after Avengers and Ant-Man next summer, we have in 2016, Captain America Civil War, Doctor Strange, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. 2017, Thor, Rangarok, uh, Black Panther. <laughs> You're okay. oh, I'm getting confused. 2018, Avengers Infinity War Part 1, Captain Marvel. Inhumans 2019 Avengers Infinity War Part 2 that's yeah. you're getting confused there's two that's too many what about like... I'm I didn't expect Thor Fraggle Rock as a crossover <laughs> I think that's um, taking it in an interesting direction which means that 2017 they're upping it to three films a year which by that point DC will be cracking but, but, yeah but also you have to remember they're not the only people making these movies at an alarming pace yeah. also Fox also Sony I think the Spider-Man film is probably going to fall by the wayside mm. do you think yeah 
I think there's something else in the offing there. Yeah. Like if you look at that, people that. have made this many infographics going around. I'm sure IGN will have one shortly. Mm. Uh, putting all these films on a timeline, and so you can kind of conceptualize what the next seven years of your cinema going life is going to look like. Oh. And it's just so many, and it's so frequent as well. Yeah. Like these are event movies, but is it still an event movie when it's a, <laughs> no. it's quite a regular occurrence movie? Definitely not. I like I, I was looking at the list and I started getting stressed. Just as I was telling you, like yeah. I was starting to think like what what am I going to be doing in in twenty nineteen? Like and we said like you could have a kid right now and it'll be old enough to go see the new Avengers film in twenty nineteen. That is scary. Wow. And it seems to be quite a new thing as well, casting people in films that won't be made for quite a long time. Yeah. I've yeah. not really heard of that happening and certainly not being announced. Like, yeah, imagine deals, getting deals a job are... you don't have to do for about five years. <laughs> yeah. deals, are, deals are done in private, aren't they? Yeah. And, and then we find out about them a long time later. So maybe yeah. uh, like Pierce Brosnan for Bond. I mean, he nearly yeah. got the part first time around, but it went to Timothy Dalton because Remington Steel. But I'm sure... There was a little conversation yeah, there. Yeah. So he knew, probably knew that he was going to. And I think a lot of sometimes actors do know so they can prepare physically for roles mm. far in advance. But to be announcing stuff. It's mad. What's way, the, way. What's the, what's the name of the chap, Black Panther chap again? Uh, Chadwick Boseman. He's yeah. got a lot of time to work out. Yeah. He just kept keep getting bigger and bigger by the time he's just like the size of a house. He's, he's like, he's too now, big. Isn't he? He's 37. Unless he pops up in. A film before then? Of course that we, he is. He's definitely yeah. going to appear in Civil War. They mm-hmm. said that's how they're yeah. going to launch that character. Might he appear in Age of Ultron I'd quite like to be Ant Man. I think if I got one of these roles, I'd be like, come back, you don't have to do anything. Yeah. Don't, do, don't, really, have, don't really have to get big, does he? He doesn't have to get work out, really. Mm. He can't get fat. He can't get fat. He can't have a fat What if you couldn't grow like the, the requisite facial hair? Like, obviously, you know. Of course, about yeah. growing requisite facial hair because we demanded the beard eyes. Yeah. yeah, maybe that's why he's gonna. It's gonna take so long because he's got to grow a little ponzi little method. Uh, he's gonna train to be a surgeon. But I think maybe the biggest news was the fact they announced the casting of Black Panther. That was certainly yeah. the most chatter on Twitter. It's tangible. It's about... more tangible. The other stuff is like logos and dates. Yeah. And obviously, it's weird because prior to this, we knew the dates even. We are yeah. like placeholders and Kevin Feige you can actually find the actual presentation on YouTube if you yeah. if you look for it. And he's like, Yeah, we kind of announced these dates because in Hollywood you've got to say you're taking a date yeah. and yeah. put a flag in the sand as it were. Well that's yeah, the thing. They're, they're sort of taking ownership of that kind of thing. Like, cause these are the kind of stuff that would, you know, really usually be like uh, reveal the Comic Con or something like that. Yeah. But now they're just going, No, we're just gonna do our own stuff. Yeah, that's the thing, it's almost like spinning out. Yeah. It's almost like a Nintendo Direct thing. It's exactly like, like it's that, like, yeah. like this we'll do it on our own terms because yeah. we're bigger than Comic Con, yeah. And it's good for their investors as well. I'm sure there's some kind of timing to be something behind the yeah. scenes. I'm sure, price yeah. must go, yep. But, um, yeah, his his casting, uh, I've seen the uh James Brown movie that he's done, and he's really good in it. Okay, his Bozeman, yeah, really like an exciting presence on screen, yeah. very physical, very charismatic. I think that's really, really good casting. I've only seen him in Draft Day, and Draft Day is a terrible, terrible film, but he is good in it. He's good in it, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's solid in that one. Yeah. He's solid in, in, in um, the Jackie, Brown, uh, Jackie Robinson movie, rather, yeah. um, 42. But yeah, really good. I think, I think he'll be able to hold his own against these guys. Yeah. Um, what else jumps out of the page at you about this announcement? Just a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I think um, smuggling the two new... I don't want to say the word. Um, two new characters, like the kind of the uncertain ones. Mm. I wonder if they've kind of been buoyed by the success of Guardians of the Galaxy and, yeah. and been a bit braver. Gone, mm-hmm. wow, this this like ragtag bunch of weird characters that even comics fans aren't like you know they're into, but yeah. they're not massively white, like known. All these other characters, are, you know, from the heyday, they're Kirby, they're Joe Simon, they're Stan Lee. They're the big kind of yeah. characters that Marvel, the, the characters that built the House of Marvel. Yeah. Whereas 
you know, doing these um, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think it kind of made them confident. And now we're going doing Captain Marvel, Carol Danvers' incarnation, and the Inhumans, they, which is a Stanley yeah. creation, I should say. But doing them in between the two Avengers films, I think it's like... It's a really smart way of tackling them. And it's funny, I think pre-Guardians of the Galaxy, we would have been sitting here discussing that some of these are a real chance or, yeah. or could go dodge, uh, as we did about Ant-Man, and we still maybe do a little bit, but because yeah. of the, because the, the success of Guardians and the way they just nailed it, yeah. tonally, creatively, um, I don't feel that fear anymore that yeah. these guys... I do just feel, you know, okay, okay. I, do, I do a tiny bit, just because Guardians, like the stars okay aligned for that i think and it was just such a fun film and it was like you know they have it's funny like the soundtrack is really good like it was just that's the tone that those characters have yeah yeah. whereas like black panther you've got to nail that like properly otherwise people are going to go insane i think that's why it's kind of they're really good at the slow introduction and i think Mm. probably batman versus superman that's what they're going to do with wonder woman she's going to be established and then she gets her own film Mm. and bring black panther seem in action when the entire movie's not resting upon his shoulders in civil war yeah and then you just hope the audience is really warm to that character. There's a, I mean, he's got like a, such a huge following online. Oh. Like the, when we did the video last week about mm. Black Panther, like, that was just going crazy. People yeah, were insane for but it. But at the same time, not forget, like he is, he's a lot of these characters are second tier t- characters. Yeah. You know, they're going to the characters, and you know, the trick will be turning Black Panther into what Iron Man is today. Yeah. Mm. You know, they don't have Spider Man, they don't have Wolverine, but if they can make these characters. They can make any character huge. Yeah. They do it with Guardians. They can yeah. do it with any of these. Yeah. yeah. I kind of trust in these guys. Uh, we also, if people have a chance to look at the superhero show, you can see Benedict Cumberbatch's reaction awesome. when I asked him uh, what he thought about Doctor Strange and would he ever be interested in playing the character. And this was just a couple of weeks ago, wasn't this was, it? This yeah. was before pre, even like announcement. Before like even, well, he's not, yeah, but before even like the rumour started yeah. last week yeah. even. Very coy. Yeah, it was one of those where I had That's one quest- I had one minute left, and I was either going to ask him about Sherlock or Doctor Strange. And I thought, well, if I ask him about Sherlock, I know the I know I'm going to get an answer and get something yeah. I can use. If I ask him about Doctor Strange, I might go down in flames yeah. and get nothing and waste a minute. <laughs> but I took the chance, and I didn't really get much. But now it's much more interesting yeah. looking at his. Yeah. Re- I mean, you can t- you could tell at the time that he was obviously in talks but couldn't say it. The way he smiled, yeah. the way he nervously drank his water and kind yeah. of looked at the camera. So yeah, check that out if you want to see. What do his... you What do you think of Cumberbatch? You, you're, I don't know, you're a big fan. fan. Yeah, what yeah, about I'm, you, Gal? I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of his. I just think it's really boring casting. Yeah. Like I, I mean, I watched the superhero show that you guys did, and I remember mm. talking to you guys about on Twitter. Like it was always going to be the Red Viper for me. Like I just thought that is amazing. He mm. would be so so good as it. What's his name? Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Mm. Yeah. Like for me, I was just in my head. He was already Doctor Strange. So, yeah. And mm. like ben, it's, Cumberbatch, it's also like yeah. I, it's like, I guess one is just a physical thing. Like yeah. Pedro Pascal is kind of slightly swarthy, and he's got yeah. like facial hair. It's easier to like just. He's wearing like weird clothing yeah. in Go- um, Game of Thrones. It's exactly. kind of yeah, easier yeah. to like wrap your head around. Like even Cumberbatch, I think he's a great actor. I can't quite yet imagine him mm. in that outfit or doing those yeah. things. But I think that movie's going to be really weird. I mm. think, like, like, my worry with it is like, and I, this is a huge problem I have with a lot of Avengers stuff now and again is. It just becomes too smug, yeah. like, and, and I think like the Avengers, the first Avengers for me, that's just like sometimes like it's big like ten minutes smug yeah. off between yeah. who can be the most smug out of like yeah. Iron Man and Thor and Cap, and it's like mm. I really hope Benedict Cumberbatch doesn't play it 
like sure, like he plays Sherlock. Yeah, I think I think what they'll do is strange. I really hope they bring this like slightly unlikable character, yeah, yeah. bit of a bit of a bastard right at yeah, the beginning, yeah. and then when he teams up with these characters, you you're gonna need these characters who cut through all the other characters' yeah. nonsense, and he could be that really serious character going just cutting through all that kind of jokey in like, in jokes between them. That would be awesome. Also, that movie's going to have a really distinctive look because strange in the comics, like the Steve Ditko stuff, it's like really weird when he's yeah. inter- entering other realms. The way that they'll be able to bring that to life using CG and like set design could be really interesting. And yeah. I like Scott Derrickson as well. And they also said, oh, that's the actually the thing. Um, there's a quote about um, Kevin Feige said, um, what they'll explore with um, Strange is things like at the edge of kind of quantum mechanics, string theory, time travel. Mm. So yes, it's magical, but it's also at the very limits of physics yeah so it's kind of still tangible yeah interesting which is cool yeah and we could talk about this all day yeah but <laughs> we can't mm-hmm. actually because we've got stuff no. to do yeah. uh, but there's a bunch of videos on the site um our guys in la um jim roth eric joshua they've all been d- doing lots of conversation videos we got the superhero show out this weekend so if you want to hear think uh read or hear any more about this marvel announcement look around the site i think we've got pretty much every base covered and then yeah. probably twice over. yeah just in case yeah and this won't be the end of it as well. No, we're doing this for the next and nine I expect, years. And I guess next week DC will make another announcement. <laughs> yeah. um, so what else have we got to talk about this week, So, because Halloween is upon us today when the podcast comes out, mm-hmm. we thought we'd talk about Halloween in general and go around the table and describe our perfect Halloween viewing or entertainment. Mm. Who wants to kick off? Not me, because I, I need time to think about it. That's okay. And then we're going to face some quick-fire questions from okay. Scott. I can go first for the Halloween. Okay. Like, because my Halloween, my perfect sort of Halloween nights in, and never like, I love horror movies, but the stuff that I watch on Halloween are like Halloween episodes of things, of TV yeah. shows, or um, like X Files for me. That's all I watch is uh, like, because mm. that's the stuff that still scares me, no matter how many times I've seen like like X Files Home, which is like the second episode of like season four. Is that the incestuous one? one? Is that the kind of Texas Chainsaw style? Yeah, and they've got that. I think it's like the Johnny Mathis song, like Wonderful, Wonderful plays in it. Like every time I hear that song now, that it was on a Bioshock trailer recently. Like I couldn't do anything with that trailer. Like I had to edit videos. I was like, I can't use that. Like I'm still absolutely terrified of it. And I've seen it. I don't know how many times I've seen the episode, like a million times. So what are the best Halloween episodes in your like what your playlist? Um, well, Home definitely. Uh, I really like, even though it's a bit rubbish, I really like the Dawson's Creek scream. Episodes. I've never seen this. I remember that being good. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's the same really writer, really isn't it? Good. Kevin yeah, Williams? Yeah, Kevin Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I really, really like that. Uh, I mean, Simpsons Halloween stuff. Like, I saw the Simpsons Halloween Shining before I saw The Shining. So that, like, terrified me as a kid. Like, we were having a conversation the other day, like, about how they're just not funny anymore. They're, oh, they're not even, odd. like, they're not even embracing... Like, I always have a massive issue with mm. Halloween because it's been kind of hijacked to be fancy dress day. Yeah. And people can get lost with that because I feel like it needs to have some kind of connection to the occult Definitely. or scary yeah, movies. Yeah. Otherwise, what are we doing? You have fancy dress any time mm. of the year. You don't really need an excuse. You know, it's about the thinning of the membrane between yeah. the real world and the other world, the yeah. dead, um, kind of seep through. And I think you need to embrace the supernatural. Yeah. So um, I, I don't, I've, I've written down Frasier 
on my page. I don't know how to transition from to you know pagan mythology like to Fraser. Like Fraser has had some really good um, Halloween oh, episodes really? where he's had like um, fancy dress parties in his mm. flat. There's really good Halloween episodes where he keeps playing pranks on each other okay, as well, yeah. which is really good. But Treehouse of Horror, I used yeah, to love them as a kid. Mm. That was kind of um, I love the episode where um, they reenact Edgar Allan Poe's The Raven. Oh yeah, that's really really good. So good. But I've watched the recent Treehouse of Horror. So I always try and seek them out every year, so and they're just like now, yeah. it's um, almost that thing where it's been hijacked to just yeah. be dress up mm. so one episode it was like Bart and Lisa are in Hogwarts and it's just like a f- seven minute parody mm. yeah. of Harry Potter that's it's like fun. a mad so, it's like well, a mad magazine yeah yeah, yeah. Whereas at the best, they were kind of redoing The Shining right. with The Simpsons. The Shim- yeah. Simpsons adapted The mm. Shining. The Bad Dreamhouse one, which is like kind of like the Amityville horror. Yeah. Like, that is horrible. The, like, is that the Bad Dreamhouse? Which one's that? With like the walls are bleeding and stuff like right, that. Right, okay. Into a new house. Like, which is the one with Pierce Brosnan where he's like Hal as well? There's also one like that where he kind of takes control of the house. I don't think that's a I also like the one where um, Groundskeeper Willie is basically Freddy Krueger. Yeah, that's a really Nightmare good one on. as well. Yeah. <laughs> But like some of them, those like generally that like they used to have like a little warning on them. Like Marge would come out and be mm. like, "Look, this is a yes. really, really scary." It's just episode, like the so. yeah. Do you ever seen um, the original Frankenstein, the Universal um, Pictures Frankenstein so. with um, by James Whale? That's yeah. how the episode begins. It yeah. comes starts with this guy coming out on stage saying, "Brace yourself for what you're about to see." Yeah. And I used to love when the ape things like Night Gallery as well with Bart going around like Rod Serling. Yeah, that's really, really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think like mostly X-Files stuff that I watch basically because um, there's just so many just horrible ones like Tombs and Squeeze like yeah. still terrify me now. What did he eat? Livers? Yeah. He ate livers then went into hibernation for 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> I remember watching that really late so he used to repeat them really late on BBC yeah. One like at midnight on a Friday. Yeah. I remember watching that the first time when he squeezes out of that vent. Mm. It's mm. terrifying. My parents bought me a book and I went on holiday to the south of France and they bought me all these X-Files books <laughs> and I read uh, Tombs before I had watched it so just sort of in this you're always doing things out of step like yeah. you don't go to the original you're always yeah. at one remove I know I'm bad um, but it was only it was like this the rubbish little adaptation books that yeah, I read yeah. it and then I had to like go camping for like three weeks in the middle of like these forests and stuff like that it was horrible like I don't think I slept the entire time I was there because I was just so afraid but I still loved it I think what about you Chris well that's something I think I do is um embrace the nightmares I yeah. try and eat some food definitely yeah, that I can't yeah. my system can't digest that well because <laughs> that's like, like, like uncooked chicken yeah <laughs> but you know lots and lots of cheese very very late at night and just yeah. see what happens right, so That'd be basically good. on the perfect Halloween night in you have a cheese board is that what yeah. we're saying here <laughs> right cheese um, oh middle class are you that's the thing I can't really do that anymore like I live on a boat so outside, that's scary I find that oh, scary man, outside the boat is just pitch black so it's just fields and fields and fields and you can't see anything. So one side you've got water and it's pitch black. The other side you've got fields and it's pitch black. Like when I get home, I'm not going back outside. Like there's been times when I needed to go outside and be like, ask my girlfriend, like, do you mind walking to the shed with me, please? Like, cause it's so scary. And we've just had like a little security light thing put in. And last night I was there on my own and it went off at like three in the morning. Obviously it's like a cat okay, or a yeah, fox yeah. or something like that. But I mean, I couldn't, even, I couldn't open the window to have a look because I just thought if I see someone standing there, like I will, I'll actually kill myself because I, I, I don't want to deal with whatever's outside the boat, I don't think. So I'm, I can't I'm scared for you. Yeah. I'm scared yeah, for you. Really. I don't know what's going on. I got scared when you told me about how you have to like dispose of your, your waste. Oh, yeah, that's the fun bit. The toilet. That's, that's, that's a scary situation. I know you don't like toilet humour, do you? No. I don't like toilet humour. Even though a lot of your stories do revolve around toilets. It's not my fault. But that's why I can't eat cheese and stuff anyway. But, well. Okay. Well, it's good to know. Because so of not, the chemical toilets. Gav. Cheese. Um... 
I'm a big fan of 80s horror films, so I'm always trying to fill in the blanks. And I've recently got Netflix, so there's a few on there I haven't seen, so mm. I might watch Chud. I haven't seen. I need to catch up on Chud. There's one on there, Full Moon High. I mean, I've seen all the good ones now, so it's just working my way through the bad ones. Real, real rubbish. But there's something <laughs> to be said for bad 80s horror. Yeah, like, it's I, always I enjoyable. Yeah. 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 I mean, Chud's, I guess, got a proper cast rather yeah. than some what of the other Chud? ones. Why is Chud? I don't know what Chud is. It's about cannibals under the in the subways of New York. What does yeah. Chud refer to? Well, it, it's got a couple of meanings from the in the movie. I don't. It's a spoiler. Okay. Actually, to say yeah. what it's just because I think in Stephen King's It, I think yeah. they kill it by something called like the legend of the ritual of Chud. Oh, really? But that's unconnected. I generally yeah. first heard about Chud from The Simpsons. There's like a there's, when they go to New York, he says. Uh, like after all the stuff that happens to him in New York, and he goes down to the thing, he goes, and then the chuds came at me. Yeah, and I never understood what that was. It's the, the kind of a cult yeah. built up around it. Yeah. Uh, but if I want to take it seriously, I guess my favourite movies are always uh, my favourite horror films are kind of the sad, kind of tragic ghost stories. So I'd watch some of them. Mm. Maybe The Innocence, Devil's Backbone. <sighs> Innocence is so good. I only found yeah. out the other day that Truman Capote works on the screenplay. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, bonkers. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, the others. Um, the orphanage, the haunting, yeah. the haunting. I love the haunting. Just, I like horror that makes me sad. Yeah, the orphanage. Did you say the orphanage? Just yeah, then? yeah, yeah. What's that horror? Uh, what I watched um, something really recently that's kind of like that. Have you seen Shrew's Nest? Uh, I know I've heard about that. Yeah, because yeah. that's you like that. Yeah, What's that yeah. called? Like Shrew's Nest, like True. a Spanish film. Yeah, um, and that's one that makes you sad because <sighs> it's a really, really sort of heartbreaking story about these mm. two sisters. Um, but it, I mean, it goes mad, and at some point, it's actually like quite funny, and it goes a bit farcical. But sad, yeah, generally sad. Or Don't Look Now, which is yeah, in that, in that yeah. warehouse, and that's that. my favourite horror film. Yeah, but yeah, I've only I've still only ever watched that one once. Mm. Spanish are good at that, aren't they? Spanish and the Mexicans are good yeah. at that, like vein of horror. But I might dress up as well. There's a couple of costume parties on Saturday. Right. You, you you dress it up? Um, well, we'll get on to costumes in a minute. Oh, okay. But I was just going to say... I didn't, uh, know, I didn't know that was... Well, that, the, well, Scott's got a lot in store for you, Chris. Bloody hell. So have a think. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, I don't know, what do you th- have you seen the... Speaking of it, and it's the ritual of Chewed, apparently. Chewed, not what? Chuds. Mm-hmm. Not Chuds. Um, Good that you remembered it, though, even though you remembered it. I do, I do really yes. like it, and oh, I actually yeah. thought of it. I do actually used to like, really like watching it. I was kind of obsessed with the TV adaptation of it as a it kid. Horrible, yeah. I just thought it was the most disturbing thing, but I couldn't stop watching it, yeah. and I taped it off TV. I used to watch it all the time. Um, I remember the advert for that freaked me out. It's just the opening shot, so it's um, a kid in his back garden. It's, <laughs> it's so good. It's, it's so twisted. And he's looking at... Um, um, so the day's drawing to an end and it's getting stormy and the wind's picking up mm. and it's blowing the, the white sheets that are hanging up to dry yeah. and one of the sheets flutters up and he's just stood there. You know, this whole thing about keeping the monster back, yeah. not showing him, he's just there and he goes, hi. Yeah. And the next thing you see is like the tricycle tipped over and the wheel just spinning and then Feralise plays. Oh. And obviously it has problems and the ending is quite notoriously not it's very mad, good. Yeah. It's a bit bad and Still budget there. not to support it. But I think it's actually directed by a guy called Tommy Lee Wallace who did Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. He's also the editor on the original Halloween. Okay. And the first part of it, I think, is magnificent. Like, it's some of mm. the best TV because 
the first hour and a half because the way that TV was divided up, every character got one section. Yeah. So it's almost portmanteau, but not. Yeah. like Each one gets their kind of little spooky story, yeah. their encounter with it as a kid. It's got a really good nostalgic vibe of them going to, th- like, I was a teenage werewolf in the perfect, 50s. Yeah. It's just got a really good feel to it. Mm. And it's also kind of fantasy horror, dark fantasy horror. It's kind of almost like My Lord of the Rings when I was a kid. Yeah. Like these kids banding together to fight something that seems insurmountable. Yeah, exactly. These, you know, like hobbits, they're the most unlikely of heroes. Yeah. Um, so I really like that. Also, Ghost Watch. We've talked enough yeah, about Ghost Watch over the years. What's your favourite Stephen King adaptation? That's probably right up there, even though I know it's deeply flawed. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to the new adaptation of it when it comes from the guy who did True Detective. Oh, awesome. He's directing it. Yeah. Um, I really like Christine. John Carpenter mm. is Christine, yeah. yeah. I really, really like that. That used to really scare me as a kid because like, I watched Jaws and I was afraid to go in the bath. Then... Like, I'd watch all these different... I'd watch, like, It and I was afraid of clowns. Yeah. Then it was like, I'm afraid to go in a car now. Like, yeah, it's mess. almost like that Family Guy <laughs> sketch. So what's next, Stephen? Scary Lamp? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it's obviously The Shining, but mm. it's such a loose adaptation of the source material. Um, Carrie... Carrie's great, like f- considering what the subject, the original stuff was. Yeah. It's pretty, like the recent remake. Yeah, oh the re- oh yeah, she's great. She's super. Like... <sighs> yeah. What about you, Chris? Anyone? Yeah, that's one I can't see much better than The Shining. Yeah, yeah, definitely not the Tommy Knockers. Or... No, not the Tommy Knockers. <laughs> not thinner. <laughs> so the, the mangler. Have we got this quick fire? Yeah, do you want a quick fire. I'm, I'm getting nervous now. Okay, so um, scariest game in the last five years, Gav. I recently played a PT. Like the demo that uh, they released at yeah. Gamescom uh, for, which ended up being like a little teaser for Silent Hills. Uh, yeah, PTs, I think, stands for Playable Teaser. It was like a free demo they just chucked out and were just like, uh, yeah, we're not going to tell you anything about that. And then some like clever clogs completed it in exactly the right way. Like I've played it a bit and I haven't managed to actually do it. Like if you play in the right way and do things at a certain time, you unlock the actual trailer, which reveals that. Yeah, I completely fluked yeah. it. I completely fluked Yeah, fluked it. I, I spend like two hours on a Saturday night because um, you're supposed to plug in a headset, Chris, oh, yeah, and say certain those. things. Yeah. And it's brilliant. It's a brilliant kind of marketing play. It's yeah. And it's also kind of a weird phenomenon because they they thought people would take months to solve it yeah. and then people worked out. But day, also, yeah. but, but because it's not clear of how you bring about the trailer, no. it, it's led to loads of spurious theories of how you do it. Yeah. And I like some people say, you've got to have a microphone plugged in. Yeah. And I found myself on a Saturday night playing this game and I'm basically having a seance yeah. with my PS4 where I'm just like trying to summon this ghost. And yeah. I don't know if that even worked, but it brought about the trailer. You got it? Yeah. But wow. just by, I don't really know why I did. I can't, I haven't been able to do it again since. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I actually saw a clip the other day on YouTube of something in PC that I never saw when I played it. So one time you go around in a loop yeah. and you look up at the, you know, like near the front door, there's like banisters. You know, where there's, yeah, you yeah, go yeah. one time around, there's a fridge hanging. And it's yeah, like, that's right, yeah, yeah. one time you go around, the fridge isn't there and you can look up at the railings. Did you ever see this? No. If you look up the railings one time, there's like this creepy Annabelle figure with like a, like a hollowed out face and what? bloody eyes just staring down at you. Does it do anything? Doesn't come no, it doesn't you. do anything. Just the uh, rocking. I never saw that. I'll send you the YouTube clip, but that's disturbing. I, um, I, I played it like I had like eight people around uh, yeah. my boat the other day, and yeah. we sat and played it. I just showed them it, yeah. and. Uh, yeah, it's just people just like hadn't played, you know, maybe I hadn't played a game for a couple of years and definitely yeah. hadn't played a horror game for a couple of years. And they were so just good. like, this is horrible. I like, and they were like, literally can't play it. I can't play this. I still think it's got to the point where Silent Hills can't be as good as that. 
as an experience because it's just like yeah it's also because you what it is chris you keep going around in a circle through the same corridor and you go to a um, door at the end of the corridor and it takes you back to the beginning so it's almost like you're journeying into madness that's what i feel like when you're repeating it like i think it's einstein said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing expecting a different result and because you keep going round, you keep doing the same things you're like i don't know what i'm meant to be doing because it's very like oblique and weird it's horrible though yeah that's the scariest game i've played what's yours dan i've put down slender yeah because I, i played it I don't, I don't think that's the longevity and the quality. It's obviously made for next to nothing. Some mm. dudes just made it. But oh, this came out like well, two, three years ago now. And off the back of all my favourite horror games getting turned into something very different, like yeah. being turned into action games where you can... Dead Space 3, you can like freeze guys, slow down time, fly. Yeah. All this stuff have like amazing weapons. This like just gave you a torch and you felt vulnerable for the first yeah. time. And you can't really do anything to fight the um, Slenderman when he finds you. But that's the thing. It's putting you in this position of feeling very vulnerable. And I spoke about it on the podcast. Like, the scariest thing in movies for me was Michael Myers, like, just looking at Laurie. Yeah. Like, from across the road when she's in Shakespeare class or when she's walking down the street and he just pops out of that hedge in the middle of the day. That's terrifying. Just this person, like, hunting you. Yeah. And the same thing with Slenderman. You turn around and he's just there in the background looking out of beside a tree yeah i thought it was brilliant that's why i couldn't like when the light went on uh, outside my boat that's why i couldn't look outside because you, you'd if see I something saw something yeah. just stand there look at me it doesn't matter what their intentions were i would still be terrified yeah yeah um next question scariest film in the last five years chris oh, i don't know uh i thought the conjuring was really scary mm. i know it was big budget and it had it was full of jump scares but also it really uh it really got under my skin what about you, Gav? Anything in particular? There's nothing like I, there's nothing like that's really, really properly scared me. But like, and it's not really a horror film. But I watched like The Purge the other day, and like that had me on edge so much. Like I just didn't enjoy it because I don't know why. Like it's not a great film, and like it's like there's nothing great that happens in it. But for some reason, just this idea had me completely on edge the entire time. It's a cool it's concept, like, isn't it? It's a cool concept, I, yeah. It's interesting that the concept is the thing that survives from that film and its sequel. Yeah, it's like, yeah. it's the concept that is that film. Yeah. Um, what, you? what was I going to say? Um, uh, Eden Lake. Mm. Eden uh, Lake, yeah, I find Eden Lake awesome. disturbing because it is not fantasy. Like, yeah. obviously, it's pushing a social ill to its actual yeah. horrific extreme and extrapolating horror from. It's horrible, yeah. But it's just that feeling of being because I'm a very non-confrontational person. So that scene at the beginning when they're just on that little shitty mm. beach, yeah, and that guy goes, Michael Fass- Fassbender actually yeah. goes over and tells the guys just like, "Oh, can you keep it down?" And Everyone's they, been I, in that situation. Yeah, yeah. where you just or you've been on a bus and there's some yeah. people and you're like, mm. I really don't want to get involved with these people. Yeah. And the way it escalates so quickly, mm. it's terrifying. And then it's got an amazing ending, which yeah. I won't ruin if yeah. people go seek it out, but the ending's fantastic, yeah, really, which is go, terrifying. If you're going to go 10 years, I think the scariest film I've seen is Wreck. Wreck yeah. really oh, yeah, frightened me. Horrible. And I was, with all, I was with all the kind of hardcore Fright Fest yeah, organisers and, and critics and stuff, and we all came out of that going, wow, we've been scared. That's... That's a feeling yeah. I haven't had in a long time, yeah. like properly terrified. And yeah. it's like, you know, we've got to the point where I think you'd be quite dismissive of found footage becomes a thing, but it just shows you like when done properly, yeah. it can be, I think it can be terrifying almost like anything else because it really puts you into the yeah. film. I really li- like maybe not like scared, but I really like Ty West, like a couple of Ty West films. Very classy um, films as well. Yeah, like the, the Innkeepers is like, that's actually really, really scary. Yeah, that's scary. Like for me, that's, 
has some of the best like horror dialogue ever because it was like for the first time ever it felt like oh that's actually how people talk like yeah because i hate watching like the thing that i hate about like all the remakes when like friday the 13th and that were getting remade it was people talking in no way that you would ever talk like a human being like that's and that's, that's where we really like that for. that's a really classy film as well it's a really mm. patient film mm, like yeah. some people you know on the other hand people think it's very slow mm. but it's a very patient film i, I think because really like it really that. goes bananas at the end yeah just don't tell him it's a slow burner he no like do you not tell him that okay <laughs> best halloween costume you have ever had see i'm afraid to say mine now because you said that you don't like that no it's fine it's fine it's fine mine mine isn't I made, halloween related i once made when, when i was in like sixth form the shower from karate kid yeah um you made the, the shower yeah so you know he dressed up as a shower in karate kid so like the skeleton yeah. man can't see him so you can yeah. go to the dance and they can't beat him up so basically, me and my dad built like a harness, and a shower <laughs> with like a head and like fake water coming down. And I was, I went to this sort of like school dance as a shower. Have you got pictures of this? Yeah, I think Can I you have. You drop actually. one in right now. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Chris? Uh, I dressed as uh, Elliot from ET. I uh, got made a cardboard cut out of ET, put him in a little <laughs> basket with bicycle handlebars Aww. and then I wore a red hoodie and I kind of went around it looked like I was on the bike with E.T. in the front that's awesome had the hoodie up like and it's that's all set of Halloween so but what did you do with this like I, best co- actual quote unquote like proper Halloween costumes I had as a kid was like Grim Reaper my mum did like amazing face paint on me like glue, like glowed in the dark and yeah. I had a scythe but I didn't go trick-or-treating so I used to like just go around my house like standing windows and like look out and just <laughs> I think I ended what? up. Well, it just didn't trick or treat because mum's like, I was begging. So, but I really wanted to like do Halloween. So she would like dress me all up and like do this amazing face paint. I would just like go stand in the garden oh, with a scythe. Yeah. That's, and like, that's really, really ho- but also part of me was like really hoping like an elderly neighbor would yeah. look out and I'd just be like, all right. Yeah. Face glowing. Scaring your neighbors. Yeah. I went to the Phoenix that night in the. As a child. Elliot. Elliot. No, I wasn't a child. <laughs> I was about 30. <laughs> <laughs> Anymore? Okay, this is the worst Halloween costume you've ever had. Oh, I don't know. I've done stuff like last minute and like really rubbish ones. Um, I dressed up as the cat bin lady. You know, the lady who put a cat in a bin once? You have to carry a cat around uh, and a bin. Well, no, my girlfriend at the time, she dressed up. I made a bin, put her in it. Actually, that's pretty good. That's actually I, really I, good. I, like doing an lady, internet yeah. meme kind yeah. of like... Um, the final one did you have any funny stories around Halloween should we revisit that one Chris yeah a bit bit more prep I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I think we should probably go to transition to a quick reader feedback yeah why not what we got who's up first Uh, I think it's me I've never done this before so you have to give me two seconds no worries (laughs) so this is from Sebastian Boyer Boer Though I've never done it before, this week I felt compelled to write in with my thoughts after your conversation about soundtracks in film and video gaming. For me, the musical score to a game or film was one of the most important parts of the experience. Dan mentioning Clint Mansell reminded me of the theme he wrote for Duncan Jones is probably the reason I consider it to be one of my favourite films. I found a very similar experience in gaming, easily my favourite ending to a game, the final moments of Mass Effect 2, which play out noticeably different depending on your actions in the story. I lent an even more dramatic ear thanks to the incredible suicide mission piece. I was wondering if you guys have any similar experiences. I listen to Clint's um, Moon soundtrack almost every day because I like writing to it. Mm. So it's on my Spotify. When, when I've got my headphones on, that's one of the, a track from that will be, will be playing in my ears at one yeah. point or other. So yeah, I'm 
I'm with I'm with I suppose, your man on that one. I suppose Chris and I discussed kind of a lot of our favourite scores last week and mm. what they meant to us, but you weren't there, Gav. Is there any kind of like particular score in a movie, game or a scene where you think the two are kind of tied? I I think like my favourite film is Jaws and I think that film is like the score that's it like yeah. you know, they didn't have the, the reason they had built such an amazing score is because the shark was obviously they were having so, so many problems with it and stuff like that so without you take the score away that film doesn't even exist yeah so such I think, a simple score as well exactly like. yeah and i think that's that's what i really like about john carpenter stuff. i really thought like you know it was really interesting what you were saying last week about the, like the way they were, you know the halloween scores put together and yeah like, that. like so i'm very unmusical yeah so when i hear people talk about like uh, musical theory and how you can music's so abstract yeah. but you can create intention through something that is so abstract it's yeah, quite exactly. fascinating and St- Stallone's on record I think as saying that 80% of the success of Rocky is the music yeah definitely and I think he's maybe doing the film a disservice a little but it's not far off I no, mean that yeah. film would not be the same inspirational movie. Yeah. yeah that's what people remember about the film like if you say if you, know, if you say Rocky yeah. to someone someone will start singing Eye of the Tiger if you say like Jaws to someone someone will instantly yeah. start doing it like we don't have that anymore like you know you guys are touching on it last week like, I can't I couldn't tell you. All these Marvel films, I cannot hum you any of those theme tunes. I can't hum very well anyway, but, you know, Superman, Danny Elfman's Batman, you could. Yeah. If if push, I think I could probably do the X-Men one. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah. Well, Star Wars and Superman were the big kind of scores from... Yeah. Yeah, and I think Zimmer's, you know, known Batman theme is good. Like, it's stirring, but... It works in the the movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've got a couple of soundtrack um, emails as well. One from Jon Stewart, who says... uh, Dark Hunt, uh, yes, listen to the podcast discussion on changing movie soundtracks and was screaming Donnie Darko in my head until you brought it up. That was me that brought it up, so thanks, John. Uh, it's my favourite movie of all time, but the director's cut is horrible. Changing the songs was a terrible decision and is really jarring. Avoid. Uh, excellent advice, because I've been umming and ahhing about whether to ever watch that, because it's mm. probably in my top ten. <laughs> and that's a great decision, then made for me. I will not be watching it. Done. I've got to have Killing Moon at the start of that movie. Yeah, it doesn't work otherwise. It's mad. No, and I did. I did direct message to the director Richard Kelly, asking his advice, but he he never responded to me. I know. I know you're a listener, so uh, Rich, give me a shout. He won't. Uh, <laughs> and this is from Pete in Pennsylvania, who I want to call Pennsylvania Pete. Nice. Yeah, can I call sweet. you Pennsylvania Pete, please, Pete? Um, he's listed his top five uh, score soundtracks in both movies and games. Uh, movies. I'll go from five to one. Uh, movies: Bram Stoker's Dracula, Vertigo, Halloween, Dread, and Lord of the Rings. The complete recordings. Dread's amazing. I can't remember. I can't remember. I can't remember. I what is dread. it? Is it yeah. kind of a carpenter esque? Is it like ding 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 ding? It's really full. Of I really need to see Dread again. Yeah. I've not seen it since the cinema. Dracula mm. was cool actually. I need to download some Dracula tracks. Mm. Lord of the Rings is obviously great. And then uh, video games five to one. Uh, Golden Axe, awesome, awesome to start yeah. off with. The Golden Axe, uh, Echo the Dolphin, Elder Scrolls Four, Streets of Rage, and Jet Set Radio. Yeah, the Jet Set Radio thing is uh, is really really good. When I was when me and my sister were kids, we wrote uh, lyrics to the Streets of Rage soundtrack. I really wish she kept them somewhere oh. because like, we listened to the soundtrack so much because we played the game so much. Like We we wrote lyrics to it, so it was just like, it was like, on the streets, streets of rage, like to the main wow, theme. Sounds good. It was not good. We need to, we need to get a copy <laughs> of that. This is what I missed out on, being an only child. 
me and my brother weren't doing that. Yeah. Uh, I don't think many people were. No. So thank you for that Pennsylvania <laughs> peak. Great choices. I like the idea that you like performing family. Yeah. Okay, so Harry says Duck Hunt. Um, the X-Men films have made a huge impact on me and are beloved films of my childhood. And the theme tune from the X-Men films is, in my opinion, amazing. Having seen Days of Future Past this year, I was overwhelmed with a sense of nostalgia when the X-Men theme from the original trilogy played. Yeah, I think that's what I, like, I saw a thing. Like, I, can I can't really help it. It's not a great theme, but I did experience the exact same thing. Because I remember going to see the first X-Men and loving it. Mm. And then when I went to see Days of Future Past with such low expectations, when that music comes in, I was like, oh, yeah, this, X-Men. Yeah, because the thing, even not the best music, if it's got a hook and it ties, if you've cultivated a sense of nostalgia around it and have memories associated, music can really bring back... That like, in this, like, like smell, yeah. like all those kind of more abstract things, like smell and music, can really bring yeah. back powerful memories very quickly. Have you uh, ever been to like one of the things they do in the Royal Albert Hall? I went to a John Williams one last oh, year. Oh yeah, yeah. And that was just. Incredible. I went to a Danny Elfman. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, they do a lot of live scores, like they did uh, Michael Giacchino's score to Star Trek Live. Oh, awesome. Okay, I'd love yeah. to see something like that. Yeah, mm. but this was like you just forget like. A song would come on, it'd be like, you know, the beginning bars of the Home Alone thing, and I'm instantly a child again. Like, yeah, and it's Christmas. Christmas, like straight away, like it's amazing. John Williams is pretty damn good, isn't he? Genius. Uh, is that it for reader feedback? Oh, no, I've got one here. Oh. With the first trailer of Better Call Saul upon us, I was wondering what your thoughts on the upcoming show are. Will the show bring the same level of quality and character development as Breaking Bad, or is it doomed to fail when compared to what may be the best TV series of all time? I don't think it's the best TV season of all time, you know. Like, I like nah. Breaking Bad. It's all right. A cult, like, a cult has developed around yeah. it. Yeah, It was because it hit in, in a way where Netflix was just hitting and people were going insane for, like, box sets and stuff like that. And then there was so much of Breaking Bad already had happened. So when Netflix became big in this country, people were like, oh, this is a thing called Breaking Bad. And, like, sort of went crazy yeah. for it. And it also became... It is excellent. I, but, it comes, it is good, but, yeah. it, but I think it's almost... Um, it's... It's not controversial to say it, so it's quite easy to say it. That makes sense. Like, is mm. you, you feel like you're on sure footing saying it. It's like a really solid choice to say mm. is is the best TV series. But also, I think better be like if better call Saul. If they've got anything about them, they'll make it a different type of show. Definitely. So otherwise, yeah. that's not a good way to start your life as a TV show being it, compared to Breaking yeah. Bad. I, I'm I'm interested. You know, I'm not going to judge prejudge it. It's, no. It's tough following the footsteps of, of that, but, you know, Frasier's following the footsteps of, of Cheers and yeah. was as yeah. good, if not better. Um, it, I think it will have a different voice because it's got a different showrunner. Yeah. So the guy who's overseeing it is the guy who, the, the staff writer who created the character of Saul. So he'll, that's he'll his baby. That yeah. Yeah. That's his, interest, yeah. yeah, he knows the character better than Vince Gilligan does. So it's... I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah. I mean, I don't feel like I need it in my life particularly, but no. yeah. But well, I also I also trust Bob Odenkirk. Like I don't think he doesn't do a lot of rubbish. Yeah. So I think that yeah. he wouldn't have done it unless he thought genuinely that there's he something felt to, like do he here. to do yeah. here. Yeah. Well, out of interest, Gav, because obviously you're new on the podcast. Mm. What is your favorite TV show? Like so that like listeners can. Sopranos definitely uh, is my favorite ever TV show. Um, the Wire close behind that, but I, I think Mad Men. Like Mad Men for me, like I just. I'm just in love with that world and those characters. Mm. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do when it when it mm. ends. Like, I'm going to be... Yeah. yeah, that's a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know what, what's going to happen. Like, I've just... I think I've watched Mad Men through more than I've watched any other... Really? Through, yeah. See, that's the thing. I don't think it's... I I never... I really lo- love Mad Men, but I yeah. feel no compulsion to ever rewatch an episode. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. 
interesting yeah, very interesting very 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 interesting uh, final email is from David in Nottingham he says regarding the t- we were talking a lot about reviews recently on IGN mm-hmm. always controversial subject regarding the talk of masterpieces on the last podcast um, because when something gets 10 IGN the, the, the epithet is masterpiece okay. um, you spoke about how many times uh, you can change your opinion on whether a film is a 9 point something or a 10 do you feel that more um, do you feel that more games get a 10 due to the amount of time reviewers spend with them anything from 10 to 50 hours plus and you might only get three hours in one review showing for a film so he's saying do you think it's easier to like say something's a masterpiece because you spend longer with it mm. i wouldn't think that's the or, case or at all that you're tied to it a little bit yeah maybe. you're probably more heavily invested in it yeah. in that world i don't know i think 10 is you know it signifies perfection and you can have something that's short and perfect yeah. Something that's long as perfect. Something yeah. could be short and like loose and baggy. And perfect. Have you? What? Huh? No, what? Brilliant. <laughs> well, it's something like Journey. Like that, you know, for yeah. me, that's an amazing game. Yeah. Two hours long. Like, yeah. And I, some, I would give Journey a 10. Yeah, I'd definitely give Journey a 10. Yeah. And also, at the same time, you can have something that's like 90 minute film that feels too long. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, I'm, not gonna, I'm definitely not going to have a four hour film more than a 90 minute film. More often than not. <laughs> yeah. You've got to be bloody good at four hours. You yeah, you've got to justify you. that. Yeah. Like, like Interstellar was a, was an interesting one this week, you know, 170 odd minutes. Yeah, talk about that you next got, week. You got to be, you got to be good. You got to be solid. You got to be. Yeah. Well, was it good? Yeah, it was. I really good. enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. Okay. Mm. Uh, yeah, I don't Not know, a masterpiece. Mm. It's, it's it's an interesting sort of it's an interesting point, like yeah. you know, to, because you are tied to a game, and you know you get a lot more time with it. But I don't know. I don't know mm. what the answer is. Sorry. <laughs> Cool. All right. Um, is that it for the reader feedback? It is indeed. Let's talk about what's out this week then. Let's kick off with the games, Daniel. Uh, Loads of games every week now. So um, M- one that Gav's looking forward to, to is NBA Live 15. I actually really am. Are you, big, are you a basketball fan? Yeah. Oh, I kind of said that in a very flippant way. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, but you were telling me about 2K15, you like. Yeah, 2K15. Like, I, you know, I, I really like 2K15. And NBA sort of got a bit of a kick in last year because it's the first time EA brought it back and yeah. they got the license and it wasn't up to snuff. Yeah, it's never going to be, is it? But I think this one, haven't they done the thing where they've put a story in it as well? Like... I really hope they have. Or I've, just, I've just made that. <laughs> if a story, and you've got to go from your small village, yeah, well, and find the master ball. That's like when they did like fight night. Like that was amazing because you were just like you're in prison and you had to like fight your way out of prison. Like that's what all their games should be. They should have a story like that. Mm. I mean, they probably haven't. I've just made that up in my head. But there we are. Um, Walking Dead Telltale series is coming is is out on Halloween for next gen consoles, PS4 awesome. and Xbox One. It's worth playing in one hit like that as well. Like, yeah, and also like if they're continuing to. Um, progress the game yeah. they're making more seasons you might as well do it all on your next gen console I yeah, guess have those point. saves carrying over and all that sort of yeah. malarkey Lords of the Fallen was out earlier in the week reviews live on site I think we got somewhere in the sevens good game getting kind of that kind of scores across the board yeah that's going to pass me by that kind of game yeah like they, they heavily trade on the fact that it is a Dark Souls like game yeah. but no, I don't think it's got it's Dark Souls. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a lot of what reviews are saying. If you really like Dark Souls, you still got a lot plenty of hours to play in that yeah. game. And then probably the big one this week is Sunset Overdrive, which we gave a nine to. I think mm. amazing. Um, lots of good scores for Sunset Overdrive. That it's just yeah. like bonkers. Xbox One, bright, colourful. 
Yeah, I haven't played since E3, and I have to admit, like, I sat down to play at E3, and I was completely underwhelmed. And everyone was yeah, talking about it. Everyone it's was like, like Jet Set Radio, and it's like... It's nothing like Jet Set yeah, Radio. That's, yeah. like, maybe that's why I didn't like it, because I love Jet Set Radio. So I think people going, oh, it's like Jet Set Radio. I was like, it's not at I, all. I like, think if you think the Avengers are a bit smug, you might think Sunset Overdrive is oh, a yeah. bit smug. It's like... It's a video game that knows it's a video game and insistently points out it's a video game every two seconds. Yeah, but that's the thing, though. Like, this is the thing that if you point out, this is a bit that I did where it was like, they, they take the piss out of like, oh, isn't it rubbish when a game sends you on little fetch quests? And you're like, yeah, it is rubbish. Get on a fetch quest. No, well, no, that, you can't. You, just because you don't acknowledge you can't have your cake and eat it yeah, you can't just do you acknowledge something doesn't mean that you can then do it yeah like that's just even more come up with a better because, way of doing exactly, it exactly yeah. because you're just you know admitting that you can't think of a better way of doing it yeah um, it's not I mean it's not for me it's like it's very very smug uh, I think like co-op and like multiplayer is going to be really really good yeah but I'm not going to touch that single player yeah, so that's it. So I ended on a really upbeat note there. Thanks. Yeah. Cheers, Gav. Got movies, though. <laughs> Some really good yeah. movies out. Well, yeah. one in particular. Lots of scary movies this week. Um, Ghostbusters. Ouija's out, which uh, I won't be seeing. I was interested. <laughs> they made I, it I, I can't believe there's not been a film called that. It's so good. Yeah. It's like John Carpenter when they made Halloween. You couldn't believe they've not made a film called Halloween yet. It's like, seriously? Is Ouija a, ba- a brand name, though? It's a toy, uh, isn't Waddington's it? So Waddington's made it. So I think they no. had to, they had to yeah, get the, the rights. The Ouija board as we know it today was a Waddington's board game. Mm. Serious? I'm pretty sure that's the case. I um, made that up. So that was kind of being positioned as kind of a, an insidious or a conjuring. And then they didn't show it to anyone. And there wasn't any footage out there. And then it's mm. come out and it turns out it's just kind of a crappy teen horror so I'll probably see it when it comes on the telly but yeah it's got bad reviews across the board Uh, Horns is out which is quite good fun although I recommend probably reading the book before you see the film the book the book just works better in terms of the nastiness and also the emotion it just works a lot better Mm. on the page than in the film but it's alright it's it's, it's reasonably entertaining Uh, like you said the Ghostbusters is getting a limited re-release will you be watching Ghostbusters again Daniel? always watch it yeah. I've not seen it actually a long long time I wrote something about it a couple of months ago mm. and I realised I really, it's been too long since I've seen really? Ghostbusters yeah I went to the you know Future Cinema did like a thing in mm. uh, the Troxy Cinema last year I went to that that was awesome because they just acted out loads of it and then at the end there was a giant Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and you could dance with him so <laughs> have you good. seen it in the cinema? Um, no well, you have to go and yeah, do you that have to, okay and Nightcrawler, which Dan and I have both seen. Uh, have you seen it? Yeah, no. uh, we really, really like that film, didn't we, Dan? I think it it's excellent. Incredible. I think yeah. it's one of the best films of the year. I think it's the new Taxi Driver. It's taxi Driver for a uh, 21st century. Taxi Driver Network. It's really nasty, and it's kind of a black comedy, thriller, horror, drama. It's it's not nice. You're not going to come out of it happy, but it's dark fun. So yeah, I thoroughly recommend that one. So I think Ouija boards have existed for decades. Yeah. But in the 1960s, the Wallerton Group produced the board as we know it today as a child's yeah. game. And it was sold widely in toy shops around the UK. After a lot of opposition from various religious groups, it was taken off the shelves. Good. The main reason for this opposition comes from some of the stories that children told about the devil communicating with them through the board. Have you ever played with a Ouija board? Uh, no, but it says it's still the best-selling board game in the world, second only to Monopoly. Serious? Yeah. Have you ever played with a Ouija board? No. I did when I was a kid. And something and? weird happened. Like, it spelled out, and this is this is 100% true. It spelled out, why is Morrow dead? Right? Like, more or less spelled out, why is Morrow dead? Give or take a couple of letters. Uh, <laughs> flash forward, like, two months down the line, there's a giant, like, train crash in South Wales, and the driver 
was uh, like drinking and taking some kind of like medication and his name was James something Morrow. Mm. Why is he dead? And then there was a big sort of inquiry about why this happened and then it turned out that he'd been on these like tablets and shouldn't have been driving the train. And I foresaw that with my Ouija board. Bloody hell. Wow. Yeah. That's a weird but way su- to end but, the su- but suitably grim yeah. on this podcasting Halloween yeah. special. Well, thanks for listening and watching. Uh, I hope you all have a very happy Halloween. Uh, let us know what you got up to. Uh, the email address as ever is IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. And yeah, thanks for watching and listening. Cheers. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.